0: This is episode number 195 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from TodayIFoundOut.com, and in the episode today you're going to learn about the cause of the Great Chicago Fire. We're going to start by debunking a popular myth surrounding this fire, and then go on to look at its actual cause. In the bonus facts today, we're going to look at one of the surprising benefits of the Chicago Fire. So let's just get started with today's show. Myth The Great Chicago Fire was started by a cow. The Great Chicago Fire destroyed 3.3 square miles of Chicago, Illinois, burning for two days in 1871, between October the 8th and October the 10th. It killed hundreds of people, left more than 100,000 homeless, nearly one third of Chicago's residents at the time, destroyed roughly 17,000 buildings, and caused a couple hundred million of dollars in damage, about four to five billion dollars today. A popular story often told about how the Great Chicago Fire started is that a cow owned by Kate O'Leary kicked a lit lantern over and that started the flames. It may come as some disappointment to learn that the cow story isn't true. The man who wrote the O'Leary story for the Chicago Republican, Michael Aham, later admitted that he had made up the cow angle in order to create a more interesting tale. But the fire certainly did start in the vicinity of a barn owned by the O'Leary's. However, the exact cause of the fire was never determined, though Catherine O'Leary was used as a scapegoat of sorts. O'Leary was an Irish Catholic immigrant, despised by many people at the time, so she made an easy target. In addition to A.M.'s retraction of his cow story, the O'Leary's claimed to have been asleep at the time the fire started, so there would have been no lantern in the barn for a cow to kick. There has been a lot of speculation about the cause of the fire, but, as stated, little is known for certain. One of the other popular theories that is also likely false is that the fire was caused by a meteor shower. Specifically, the theory goes that it was caused by fragments from the broken up Baylor's Comet. Incidentally, about a year later, on November 27, 1872, fragments from Baylor's Comet resulted in a meteor shower that had an astonishing 3,000 meteors per hour visible. Three other fires started around Lake Michigan on the same day, which some people argue is too much of a coincidence to not have a common cause, however, meteorites that actually make it to the ground are usually cool when they hit, and thus generally don't start fires. Further, given the prevalence of flames at night and the extremely dry and windy conditions at the time, it's thought by most historians that the other fires were merely coincidence and not from a common cause like a meteor shower. Despite not knowing the exact cause of the Chicago fire, it's easy to see just how the fire spread once it started. Chicago in 1871 was not made up of skyscrapers and concrete. Around two-thirds of the buildings in Chicago were made of wood at the time. Most of the buildings had tar or shingle roofs, which would only serve to feed the flames. The roads and sidewalks were also made from wood products. The conditions were dry, with a drought plaguing the city not long before the fire started. That summer, they received only about a quarter of their average rainfall. And let's not forget Chicago's nickname. It isn't called the Windy City for Nothing. At the time, it's believed that a strong southwesterly winds wind blew hot embers from the fire toward the heart of the city, landing on the highly flammable roofs and starting up additional fires. Another big issue was that people did not act quickly enough. The fire department was alerted to the growing problem around 40 minutes after the fire started, after an alarm was sounded in a pharmacy. The fire finally went out when the winds died down and a light drizzle helped the firefighters with their efforts. Only three large buildings in the affected area survived enough to be repaired, the Chicago Water Tower, St. Michael's Church, and the Chicago Avenue Pumping Station. The latter two only had their exterior walls to rebuild from, as their insides were eaten away by the fire. In the aftermath, Chicago received donations of money, food, clothing, and other supplies from cities across the United States to help them rebuild. Surprisingly, much of Chicago's infrastructure, such as mass transportation, remained intact. The fire had destroyed nearly 73 miles of road, but it hadn't touched the harbors. Railroad tracks were also largely undamaged, which allowed so many of the donated goods to pour in. After the fire, legislation was passed requiring buildings to be constructed from brick, stone, and other fireproof materials. It wasn't fully effective because the poorer residents couldn't afford the materials or the skilled laborers required to rebuild. In addition, some businesses simply ignored the laws to save money. Ironically, it was Chicago's fiery destruction which led to it becoming one of the United States' most important economic cities, as well as one of the most populous. The rebuilding effort required an army of people to be hired as laborers, which boosted both the economy and the population of the city. At the time of the fire in 1871, Chicago boasted about 300,000 residents. By 1890, Chicago was home to over a million people, making it second in population, only to New York City. And now for today's bonus facts. Funny enough, the winds changed in time to save the O'Leary's house. Their barn went up in flames, but their house wasn't touched by the fire. Bonus fact two a new Chicago Fire Academy was built in nineteen fifty six on the site of the O'Leary's burnt down barn, and is still in operation today. Bonus fact 3. In contrast to the Chicago fire actually helping Chicago become one of the major cities in the United States, the 1906 San Francisco earthquake that resulted in about 80% of the city destroyed ended up ending San Francisco's reign as the dominant city in California, with a large percentage of the residents moving to Los Angeles. Bonus fact 4. A large amount of timber used to rebuild Chicago came from Singapore, Michigan, and led to extreme deforestation. Without the trees to protect the town from the elements, Sand blew in from Lake Michigan's shoreline and eroded the town in just four years. It is still one of Michigan's ghost towns and lies beneath the sand dunes on the shore of the lake. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode or find more articles at TodayIFoundOut.com.